Greetings, this is Radio Sega, and you are now listening to The Sega Lounge. Join the conversation in the IRC chat room by going to radiose.ga slash IRC and on Twitter by mentioning at Radio Sega or using the hashtag the Sega Lounge. Good evening everyone, welcome to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. It's great to be back after uh, a not that eventful week, but uh, <laughs> we don't have much uh, when it comes to the news uh, this week, I think. But uh, but it's it's great to be back. In apart from myself, KC, live from Portugal, uh, as usual, we have on the other side of the world, um, Donny. Hello, Donny. Hi, guys. How's it going? I have strawberry milk. This is very, <laughs> this is very important. I know, but. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm spe- speechless like right now. I, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, only thing I, I remember to, to say is that we have a very special guest tonight. So joining us this evening on the Sega Lounge, we have Mr. Ian Flynn. Hello, Ian. Hello there. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Radio Sega. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, and uh, of course, as you probably heard during the intro, you can interact with us uh, by going into the IRC chat room where all the magic happens, as I always say. Uh, just join us, uh, radiose.ga forward slash IRC. That's the link you can go to uh, in order to, to join us there. And uh, you can also send us some questions uh, for, for us to ask uh, Ian. <clears throat> just double click either my name or uh, Donnie. So double-click KC or SSF1991 in the IRC chat room and send us your questions. We have uh, a few um, questions already because people have been sending us some tweets and some emails. Um, and uh, I think we have some interesting questions. But uh, if you want to add anything to that, uh, just join us there. Or you can also tweet at Radio Sega or use the hashtag the Sega Lounge and we'll try to squeeze in those questions in the interview as well. Um, as usual, before we get into the interview, we have uh, Donnie's News Corner. Donnie's News Corner! Uh, one day, one day we'll have a, an intro. Uh, so Donnie, uh, take it away. What's What's happened this week? Well, besides the strawberry milk, um, let's see here. <laughs> yeah, that's top, top story tonight, strawberry milk. Yeah, for, first the Rainy Sega, uh, strawberry milk. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, we did get some E3 news, because, well, E3 has been coming up within the past, ah, boy, like two weeks now, we've just been getting none but E3 news. But there has been something else, too, and I'll mention that afterwards, but... We did get some news that Creative Assembly is going to be making an appearance at the PC Gaming Show conference during E3. And, of course, everyone knows what Creative Assembly does, and I'm sure people are going to be excited about that. But um, we did get uh, airtimes for the Boomerang UK broadcast. You have have no clue what they do, right? Hmm, What was that? (laughs) I, I was saying you have no clue what they do. 
That's why you, you said... Oh, yes, I, I do. Know. Okay. I did, yeah, I do. I, they do alien and, you know... <laughs> I was joking, yeah. I, sorry, you know sorry. what? I, I joke better than you, okay? Like, uh, even... oh. We do this all the time, Ian. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is probably the best idea at this point. <laughs> Indeed. But, um... We, we did get news that Sonic Boom, the airtimes for its Boomerang UK broadcast, is actually now known. It'll be airing a few times on Saturday. Um, what else do we get? Uh, let's see. Thinking here. Um, the 3E eShop. 3ES eShop, that's right. Uh, I do believe we got some news about that in terms of uh, a new theme that's now available. Let me see. I saw it just a moment ago. Uh, Fantasy Zone, right? <clears throat> yeah, the, US. the fantasy the fantasy zone theme is now available in the theme shop. Yeah. So that is now available. Um, what else was there? I, th- I feel like there was one more thing. Oh yeah, and this I think will personally relate to Ian, considering uh, what the subject is. But World Unite, we did actually get the uh, text solicitation and com- covers for uh, the final part of World Unite, along with uh, four other comics, Sonic comics. Aren't they pretty? They're they got pretty hedgehogs pretty. and robots, and they're all shiny and whatnot. <laughs> Indeed, they are. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we, we need to we need to do a um, like a, a fan fiction read with uh, with Ian one day. Perhaps not. Perhaps that's not a good idea. But yes. Um, there's also there's also the the Project Mirai DX delay uh, that Sega announced uh, one week prior to the game's release, which is nice. Uh, so that uh, Hatsune Miku Project Mirai DX or Deluxe is uh, now coming out on September instead of next week. So oh, it would it would figure that I would forget probably the biggest news out of them all would be that that yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, there's a few other bits and of news, but I think the 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 biggest story is that uh, Johnny's drinking strawberry milk. So I think we'll just uh, yes. move on because <laughs> nothing can top that, right? right? No, no, nothing can top the strawberry milk. I know, I know. So yeah, so th- those were this week's news. Uh, we'll just take a quick break now, uh, and uh, we'll play uh, one of the tracks that Ian requested for tonight's show. Uh, we'll start with uh, the credits theme for Sonic the Hedgehog 3. When we get back, we'll be talking to Ian. Ian Flynn right here on the Sega Lounge with myself and Tony on Radio Sega. We'll be right back.
Is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega? Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge, playing right now Battle 1 from Skies of Arcadia, one of the tracks that Ian requested for tonight's show. And um, yeah, uh, uh, before that we had the credits theme uh, of Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which uh, Revzig actually mentioned is very similar to Stranger in Moscow by Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah, and like he said, that whole Michael Jackson was, was actually doing Sonic 3's score mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, let's not get into that. But, uh, but yeah, it's time to get into the, the best part of our show. Uh, let's have a chat with Ian Flynn. Hello again, Ian. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. And, hello, hello. So, uh, before, before we get into some of the questions we, we've got from the, our listeners and... Um, uh, would you like to tell us a bit about your background as a as a Sega fan, a gamer, uh, before we you got the, the job you, you currently have? Uh, how did you get into video games and that stuff? Well, uh, the first system I ever got to play was an Atari Twenty Six Hundred that my dad had, and mm-hmm. you know, 
there was many an hour spent with Space Invaders and Pong. And then it was, oh shoot, 92, I guess, when one day Dad just brought home a Sega Genesis. And it's like, oh, you are now my favorite parent. <laughs> and it was the model that was bundled with Sonic 2. So Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was my first real video game. And that I pretty much fell in love with the franchise from there. And, you know, got many years out of the Sega Genesis. I was one of the handful of people who spent real money on the Sega Nomad, which... I, I admit to because admitting that you have a problem is the first step to fixing it. <laughs> um, I saved up all my lunch money and got a Sega Dreamcast at launch, and could, couldn't do the Saturn. We didn't have the money for that at the time, so I got—I unfortunately missed out on nights there. But if, if I've you been basically—if you only didn't get the the Nomad, maybe you could afford the, the Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but I tell you what those three hours of battery life were tons of fun <laughs> and actually I was able to give it to my youngest brother who is like 14 years younger than me so he missed out on the Genesis era entirely and I think I don't know what happened to our old Genesis system but he's been able to play through my old Genesis library off the Nomad so he's been able to experience the classics properly Three hours at a time. Screen. Right, three hours and, uh, at a time. I've been, you know, just keeping on top of the various console generations. I haven't made the jump to the latest generation because, you know, I like to eat and there are bills to pay and can't really drop $400. I know, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this E3 uh, will see some price drops on the latest consoles. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Not sure. That I'm kind of hoping that Nintendo doesn't abandon the Wii U just yet. I mean, I know they're working on the NX, but please don't abandon the Wii U just yet. I just started to get a decent library on that thing. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> I don't think they will. Just now. And for the love of God, if you're going to do Virtual Console again, let people move their games over. Charging people to move games they already bought is just stupid. Yeah. It's 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 nice to if, uh, if you want to make money though, because people, uh, yeah, people will it. pay, you know. That's the problem. People will pay, so uh, they would. As long as they pay, uh, they'll keep doing stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. You you mentioned um, uh, the Nomad. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, because I, I I was looking at the Nomad before the show started because of uh, something we'll, we'll, we have a, a little surprise we have for you later on. But let's not get sidetracked right now. Um, you you mentioned uh, Sonic Two being the first game you've uh, first Sega game you've ever played, right? Right. Uh, is it your favorite Sonic game? Can we safely say that? No, the, of, the, of the Genesis era, I'd say Sonic 3 and Knuckles is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, all three characters, the, you know, fun little plot they had, the absolute scope of it, the novelty of combining the two cartridges. Uh, that was just my absolute favorite. That's the one that my brother and I sat down and concentrated on getting 
you know, 100% on every single file. So, you know, a Sonic and Tails file, all Super Emeralds. A Sonic only file, all Super Emeralds. Tails file, all Super Emeralds. Knuckles file, all Super Emeralds. Yep. And then, you know, the battery in the cartridge died, so <laughs> all that part of okay, the migraines are grabbing on those bloody blue orbs. We're for nothing. <laughs> So sad. Oh, that's sad. Uh, the sad tale of a Sonic fan. Oh. Uh, we, we should have some violins playing on the background or something, but I don't have them. So uh, instead, uh, what would you say uh, is um, your favorite Sega game of all time? Or game series? Oh, well, I'd give a limb if I could play a new Skies of Arcadia game. I'd love that just so, so much. The the characters, the world, the music, it's its nothing brilliant in terms of, you know, an RPG story. It's almost by the numbers. But in a time when, you know, Final Fantasy VII was starting to change the climate of RPGs overall, where you had all these weird timing gimmicks and everything started getting all grungy and grim dark, and what is the meaning of man? And no, it's Sky Pirates dressed in bright colors flying on skyships shooting magic cannonballs it's it was just such delightful fun it didn't try to be anything new or revolutionary it just said hey you want to have fun here's some sky pirates have some fun it's like yes i will have fun i will have the plots thank you agreed agreed uh lots of people are, are skies of arcade fans so uh, maybe one day we'll we'll see i think at least an hd re-release of, of the, the original game for steam or something will probably happen soon <clears throat> uh, judging I they by were working on a pc port years ago that fell through so maybe someone will pick up that slack yeah they just released valkyrie chronicles which is uh, another sega rpg and uh it's sell it sold so well that i think they'd be stupid not to released uh, well they're, they're stupid a lot lots of times but uh, maybe <laughs> but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, I forget which Valkyrie Chronicles title it is but they actually have Vice and Aka from Skies of Arcadia as playable yeah units. yeah yeah indeed the first one yeah okay I, I just played through it so I, I know <laughs> uh, it, it's a great game by the way um, yeah about uh, other uh, Games or series of games you, you love, apart from Sega games, uh, which would you say is your favorite non-Sega game, non-Sega game series? Anything that stands oh. out? Um, big fan of the Legend of Zelda series. Nice. Uh, always been appreciative of Mega Man. You know all its incarnations. I just can't play those games to save my life. <laughs> Uh, it's really, really sad how bad I am at Mega Man. Uh, the Tales of RPG series mm-hmm. by uh, Namco Bandai. Looking forward to Tales of Zestereo, which I think was rumored to come out in North America in October. Uh, shoot, this list could go on for a while. <laughs> uh, one more. One love more. the Star Fox series at all its warts and blemishes. It, it tries. It really tries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're basically a, a big RPG fan, right? <clears throat> Apart from Star Fox, you just mentioned RPGs. So. I guess that's what I pick up a fair amount of. Um, you know, RPGs, uh, platformers, 
very um, gentle hand holding shooters because I can't aim worth a deadly. Kirby! Kirby's <laughs> another excellent series. Love Kirby. Nice. So, yeah. Since you're talking about shooters, Kirby, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a black shooter. Here's a winning sense. idea. Uh, an, an FP, uh, Kirby FPS. That's a winning Call idea. F- a Kirby FPS. First Call person shooter. Call of Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, you know? Call of Kirby Modern Puffware. There you go. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. For the Nintendo NX. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next generation uh, warfare. <laughs> Got to use those motion controls somehow. <laughs> Indeed. Hardcore. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, uh, not that we've mentioned your gaming experience and history. Um, how did your love for writing begin? Um, because yeah, what what was it that sparked that interest in in writing? I think I've always been writing. I, as far back as I can remember, I've been, you know, concocting little odd stories. I mean, there was, I remember a few years ago, I was cleaning out an old closet and found this poster that had this just mad scribble of Crayola marker all over it. I'm like, did I have a conniption with this? And then I remembered that this was supposed to be some kind of intricate maze, and there was some story behind it, and I didn't remember any of the details. It was like, when did I draw this? It was like, four? I don't know. I just I always have loved telling stories and you know, just putting together narratives, whether they make sense or not, whether anyone wants to listen or not. And that's just who I am, I guess. Nice. Would you say RPGs played a big part in that? No, because honestly, I wasn't a big RPG fan at first. I think Skies of Arcadia really was the first RPG I ever picked up and played. And then from there, I started getting more and more into the concept. But it's more that I need to know that I'm going to enjoy the battle system and I need to enjoy the art aesthetic to even become remotely interested in an RPG series. Whereas other games, if I know I like the franchise or I know I like, you know, just a kind of action platformer, I'll give that the benefit of the doubt and dive in head first. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, since uh, you mentioned Kirby, uh, TCB in the IRC chatroom uh, says, Casey, ask him what his favorite Kirby game is. So, and in all caps, so I'm now afraid. <laughs> I, I, I was so afraid I just had to ask. What's your uh, favorite Kirby game? It's got to be Superstar Saga Ultra. I mean, Superstar Saga was awesome in its own right, and then Ultra just made everything better. So that's really, to me, the pinnacle of Kirby games. Nice. Okay. So uh, I, I'm not too, too familiar with Kirby games, so I'll just say, uh-huh, and we'll move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and then this whole Kirby matter just... Uh, uh, distracted me for, from the, the questions I had to ask. Uh, what's it been like to work for RG this past few years? A uh, few years? It's been 10 years at this point. I've devoted a decade to the Little Blue Hedgehog. Uh, and it's been good. Overall, it's been good. I mean, there have been its highs, there have been its lows, its frustrations and whatnot, but 
in the end, you know, these are the characters I grew up with. These are the toys that I used to play with. And I get to, you know, just dive into this world every day and get paid for it. So you really can't be too disappointed with that kind of life. Awesome. Uh, you were involved in the, the Sonic community before working with or for Archie, right? Um, mm-hmm. How did that happen? How did that uh, help you in getting your job at Archie's? Uh, not in the slightest, really. <laughs> <laughs> But um, that's not true. That's not true. Um, growing up in the early online Sonic community, I guess kind of gave me a good idea of how to approach the fan base online, I guess. Seeing how other creatives interacted or chose not to interact with the fans, um, I guess it was a good indicator of what to do and what not to do. And what kind of, um, oh, how to put this delicately, uh, personalities I would encounter as a professional. And it, uh, that in that regard, I guess it served me, because it's, <laughs> there have been a few times where it's like, wow, I'm interacting with my 14-year-old self. I was a jerk when I was there. Wow. How did anyone even take me seriously? So, but no, in terms of how it, you know, it affected the actual work, not really at all. I mean, I try to listen to feedback, of course, and apply that to my work, but in terms of actually getting me in the door, that was one part my ability and one part the timing just worked out because there was a bit of a flux in the management at the time. Uh, would you say you... you, you... Uh, actually worry about what the reactions of certain fans will be to the stuff you write in the comics is it something that um, you think about prior to the or during the writing process it always has some measure of effect when I first started out I really wanted to try to please as many people as I could I'm, part of me knew you can't please everybody as the saying goes you, you know Make, yep. You can please part of the people part of the time, not all the people all the time. But I still tried that, and it didn't work. And, you know, after 10 years, you kind of learn which camps will and will not be receptive, no matter what you do. So ultimately, what I try to do is tell a story that I think I would be entertained with as a Sonic fan. And, you know, factor in what other people might be entertained with, you know, what would they like to see at some point and you know, cater to them while not letting them dictate you know, everything about the book. Because if, if I were to worry about what everyone would get upset over in terms of the Sonic book, I'd, I'd just have to write anything. <laughs> Something somewhere is going to piss somebody off. Yeah. So I just try to tell an entertaining story, and I think for the most part, folks are enjoying it. The sales numbers seem to agree with And that's always good. <laughs> When you sell, it's a it's a good a good indicator, I think. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, what what kind of research do you have to do to write the storylines feature in the in the comics? Because you, you know you uh, actually already incorporated in the the main uh, Sonic Hedgehog comics storylines. You've actually incorporated uh, elements of. Uh, games in the series of other of cartoons of 
other stuff. What kind of research do you do uh, to make sure you get everything right? I, I play all the games, I watch all the cartoons. I, I like Sonic anyway, so it's not really that much of a burden to you know, just throw myself into it. But you know, I just try to immerse myself in the franchise in all its incarnations and try to assimilate it all. I was lucky enough that right now I'm based out of Canada, and it was Canada and Japan that were the only two who got the new uh, mobile app Sonic Runners. Yeah. So that I've been throwing myself into that, you know, completing the story mode with that game, and you only get five lives a turn, and it caught, takes like 15 minutes for each life to restock, and you have to earn a certain number of points to advance for each chapter, so it's not like it was a quick thing to go through. Yeah. All Hill Mobile Games. It actually is a fun little game, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to it going full international, because it's a solid little game. Yeah. So I've heard as well. Yeah. Looking forward to playing it myself as well. Um, so are there any concerns, any lines you can't cross? Um... When, when writing, uh, is there anything that Sega says you can't uh, use this or mention this? Or are you, I don't know, any lines you can't cross, any barriers? Well, some of them are common sense. I mean, it's not like we can have a story where Tails gets brutally murdered or anything. <laughs> That's just silly. <laughs> But um, they have, Sega has their stipulations on you know, how they want certain things represented, um, limitations of you know, what characters can do or say, but most of that should be common sense. So I kind of just approach it as, you know, what if I were writing for a game or writing for a cartoon episode, you know, using these characters and, you know, what would be fun as a Sonic story? And nine times out of ten, I don't run into any kind of conflict with Sega. If I do run into something, it's some kind of nuance that I wasn't aware of, or it's some new direction they want to take things in, but rarely does it um, really get in my way with anything. Cool, cool. Uh, so, do they, do they actually read each and every... I don't know how, how the writing process is. I'm not sure if you write a chapter at a time, if you write the whole story arc at a time, I'm not sure. But do they actually have to read everything you write, or...? Uh, it, not to get into too much detail because I can't pull back the curtain too far, but basically the process works like this. First I do the breakdowns, which is a page-by-page -page synopsis of the story, and that's just one line per page. So, you know, page one, Sonic runs to the right. Stuff like that. And then with the editor, if there's anything that needs to be changed, we're you know moving around sentences and not whole pages or completed manuscripts. Um... From there, that has to be approved by Sega. And then we move on to the script phase, which is where I write basically the blueprints for the comic. So, page one, panel one, which is of this size, in this setting, with these characters doing this, looking like this, saying this. Panel two, which is this size, in this place, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah all the way through. Um, that gets approved. That goes on to the penciler, who you know draws it up initially. That gets approved. That goes to the inker and the letterer. That gets approved. That goes to the colorist. That gets approved, and then it goes to print. So, how how much time between your initial work and the, the release of the comic? Roughly six months. 
Interesting. Interesting. You know, that, that's what we try to maintain as a nice, you know, buffer. But when, you know, things change, like an artist is late or some other surprise comes up, we have to work very, very fast. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Deadlines. Can't live without them. Uh... Emphasis on the dead part. <laughs> <laughs> That reminds me of um, uh, Mike Pollock's uh, latest deadlines. Uh, the, the stuff he writes when a celebrity dies. Or mm. Are you familiar with that? No? I am not. Yeah, you should check it out. He actually writes some interesting puns when a celebrity dies. So, <laughs> he calls it, it the latest deadlines. So, yeah. Um... I had the question somewhere in the IRC. Uh, Nirmujan, our friend, uh, asks is if uh, making spin-off comics like Universe is a good thing to expand the series. I'm guessing yes. <laughs> sure. I mean, I love having two books to explore the you know, present universe. I'd love to have three books to explore everything. To truth be told, um, I wish I could just. You know, just churn out pages day day after day because I have so many stories to tell you. No idea, <laughs> but um, it isn't all just you know what does Ian want to do that really gets me very far. It's you know what is profitable. You know, can multiple Sonic books maintain an audience and bring in income? And so far, it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, kind of surprising, right? I don't, I don't think there are many, if any, game characters that have more than one storyline going and still I can't think of any off the top of my head, no. Yeah, so it's actually interesting. And a testament to your work as well, I think. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, hmm, let's see. We have questions from listeners. Um, let's see. We have lots of questions. That uh, <laughs> that I think, Tony, would you like to um, help me with those? Uh, let's see here, Peter. I do believe, if judging by the fact that you just highlighted the question, I think I know which one it is yep. that I need to ask. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Are we going to see more of the older games adapted into the current universe via flashback when called for? Oh, uh, when and where is at? when I can and where it's applicable. Um, One of the things that's driving me crazy at this point is there is a new timeline that takes into account most of the games, but you can't really just do a story that's, here is the timeline, that's boring, that's not really a narrative to move us forward. So I'm trying to hint at bits and pieces as we go along. But there's also a bit of an issue where there's a certain amount of classic material that Sega doesn't want us referencing. So it's kind of like, how do I A, make this work, and B, sneak it through? <laughs> yeah. This question was sent to us by uh, Tenko. Uh, from the Sonic Stadia message boards and uh, he also says that Sonic 2 Master System or Game Gear nod was a really nice touch so. aww <laughs> aww glad you enjoyed it <laughs> uh, he also has another question <clears throat> um, which I think you've already partially answered but are, are there any current ideas or plans in place to bring back the Battlebird Armada and Speedy 
or use any characters from Tales Sky Patrol. Uh, Wind, yes! <laughs> he says, Wendy Witchcart would, uh, would make an, for an interesting wizard type partner in crime for Wally Negus. Wouldn't she though? <laughs> dun dun dun! <laughs> <laughs> wink wink, nudge nudge, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, mm hmm. Uh, and he's got another one, right, Tony? Right, so. Oh, Donnie, uh, let's see. There's like. Uh, there's another question by them afterwards, but, um. Oh, sorry. Let's see here. Will characters with vague origins, even in the past universe, like Knack the Weasel and his team hooligan buddies, or Mighty and Ray get their own fleshed out origin mini? Uh, full on mini? Probably not. Um, they're within that realm of characters that we have to be careful how much we use. Um, that and you never know when they're going to pull a Sonic Heroes and you know pull these older classic characters and revamp them. So I'm not really looking to delve into their past, but we'll see what the future holds. You know, I can't. I can't really say no. I'm never going to do it because I might, you know, things may change in six months. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And uh, he asks another question, then, right? Yep. Uh, you once mentioned that you had plans for Bark the Polar Bear and looking into his past before the new universe kicked in. Is that still in motion? Um. Jeez, I can't even remember what I initially had for Bark. Um. I may. Really, with the new universe and moving forward, I'm more interested in telling the stories in the present. I mean, it's always fun to go back and uncover the past, but the new universe is still so new. My priority right now is telling new adventures rather than going back and filling in all the blanks. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, those were all the questions by Tinko uh, from the Sonic City Messenger Boards. And also, uh, thanks TCB for uh, getting the word out there for, for us in, in SSMB. Um, and we actually have another another question by someone from the SSMB. SSMB. I read that. Uh, <laughs> so many letters. Simbi. Uh, Simbi. Uh, <laughs> could Sally potentially have a new love interest that is not Sonic? Da, da, da. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> potentially, sure, why not? But honestly, <laughs> I've been burned out on the shipping wars. There's been too many stories that I've told where, you know, there's so much going on in the story, and all the feedback I get is people arguing over whether or not there is a San Sal or San Amy agenda in it. And it's like, you know what? Never mind. No more ram romance. I'm done with it. So now they're, no more. they're all just friends. Yes. Uh, Sonic can't settle down with anybody anyway. Move on. <laughs> I'm done with it. He's too fast. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Will we ever find out how the Chaos Emeralds work? Asks uh, Charmeleon Guy as well. Um... Like what happens after they're together in Sonic Turns Super, 
if they scatter like in Sonic X and like the Dragon Balls uh, and uh, what's the deal with their being found sometimes in the special zone and other times in Sonic's world so all those questions about the Chaos Emeralds I mean they're Chaos Emeralds they're not really you know order barrel they're not going to show up in one place uniformly every time sometimes they show up in Sonic's world sometimes they show up in the special zone sometimes they're here sometimes they're there they're chaotic like that in terms of their power no we're probably not ever going to define it because then it could potentially conflict with whatever the game material is usually is if the question is you know this game element isn't fully explained are you ever going to explain it the answer is probably going to be no because it runs the risk of conflicting with the game material if sega wants it explained they'll explain it otherwise we're probably going to not get into it just so that we're not you know stepping on their toes or potentially conflicting with them down the line mm -hmm. that's actually a good point because you you can't create something that uh further on Sega will just contradict in a game or something. Yeah. Uh, like, S Sega has always considered the Chaos Emeralds to be rather shrouded in mystery, so it's, it's understandable why you guys don't want to uh, make that non-canon into comics or something like that. Right, and I mean, I understand the appeal of explaining, you know, everything, you know, really getting into it all. But when you do that, you lose some of the mysticism of it. So, you know, let, let them be shiny gems of unlimited power, which is sometimes limited, but when it's not. And you know, just, just run with it. Yeah. Um, Kramer23 asks, How does Ian feel writing uh, Adventures of Sonic Hedgehog characters? Oh, the... <laughs> <laughs> That, that was a can of worms. I didn't realize how big it was going to be when I opened it. Because um, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog is, for the handful of people listening to this who don't know, was one of the early Saturday morning cartoons, and it was basically Looney Tunes with Sonic characters. It was just goofy. And all of... And this was back during like Sonic 2 era, so there really wasn't a lot of extra material to pull from. So they created all these characters just as kind of done-in-one gags that don't really fit with the Sonic universe as it's as it is now. But there are you know older fans who still you know enjoy the show and remember it fondly. So what I've tried to do here and there is adopt some of the adventures of characters, update them so that they fit into the modern Sonic world and give them a new lease on life. And some of those have been received rather well, and some of them I have been surprised just how... Uh, how to put this? Adamant people are about the older incarnations. So it's been a bit of a mixed bag. It's, you know, some people really like it, some people passionately dislike it, and there I go, you know, trying to please all the people all the time again, and it didn't work. What yeah, many days it's only been 10 years. I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been a decade. You know? Yeah. It's too soon to give up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's see. We have... Uh, I've lost my, my questions. Where are they? Um, oh, this is an interesting one. RGX 
uh, asks, how fast is Sonic in the comic continuity? As fast as he is in the games. Well put, sir. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, he, he still asks, uh, does post-Genesis Wave Supersonic still get a 1000 speed and power increase when he transforms into Supersonic? If that's how it is in the games, then yes. Well done. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love how the questions I like I uh, put in there gave let Ian be the most blunt out of all of them. <laughs> yeah, th these ones were, were people sent sent these ones to you. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not me being blunt. It's me making sure I don't get enough rope to hang myself with. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it was a while ago, but I did a Q&A on the Bumble King forums, which is my personal website. And, you know, somebody asked what games are now considered canon with the new timeline. And I said pretty much all of them except for, you know, one or two. And was immediately bombarded with people going, well, what about this game? And what about this game? What about this game? Well, you didn't say this game. What about this game? What about that game? It's like, okay, never mind. Never mind. Well, there's a lot of games in the time. Okay, just wait and see. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, loved it. You know, what, I love it. Sonic Patrol should be a given. It's not part of the continuity. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, so that's Sonic Schoolhouse. Is that part of the continuity? No. <gasps> no. Why? My two favorite games. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Schoolhouse um, and Knuckles. <laughs> Everything in Knuckles. Ian Flynn and Knuckles. Yep. Coming soon. V-E-D-J-F uh, 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 -E -E uh, I'm sorry if that's not how you pronounce your, your nickname. Uh, sorry? Uh, probably. That's probably the... Vegfil asks, uh, Will we see more of Avalon, Avalon uh, soonish? Oh, Avalon the Country? Um, not in depth, no, but we will be seeing at least one character connected to that. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, that's your question answered. Uh, if you mean the Roxy Music song, probably not. Uh, and I'm too old because no one else got this reference. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Uh, th this is a, an interesting question. Um, how challenging is it to balance your personal creative voice with a brand's specific tone and theme? Asks uh, Harlan Pritchard. That is a good question. Um, I wouldn't say it's too difficult because I feel like at this point, having you know been with the series for so long... I think I figured out how to balance, you know, what I want to see in the series and what the series presents. I mean, if you just take a look at how the tone has shifted from, say, Sonic Adventure 2 to Sonic 2006 to Lost World, you know, they're almost incom incomparable. So, having been with the series that long and ridden the wave as it's changed over time. I think I've just kind of acclimated to it. It's not something that I make a conscious decision towards. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's interesting. Um, by, That's interesting. Sorry, uh, sorry. by the way, uh, RGX, I was uh, 
you met, I forgot to bring this up when I, his questions were being asked, but uh, he did want me to tell you uh, to uh, thank you to whoever was in charge for putting Beautiful Joe in uh, World Unite. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we have one more... Qu uh, before we get into World Unite, one more question from uh, Anna on Twitter. Any word on Lost Hedgehog Tales? Yeah, I know folks have been extremely patient with that. Some more so than others, but I can understand, you know, folks getting a little antsy about it. For those in, who are listening who don't know exactly what's going on, uh, in the comic, because of the lawsuit that we won't get into, we had to reboot the continuity. And there were a lot of storylines I had going on that all just got cut off at the knees. Lost Hedgehog Tales is meant to be a informal compilation of those ideas. Uh, what I was planning to do with everything that I had going on at the time, why I was going to take it in that direction, you know, kind of behind the scenes sort of thing. The initial document is almost 40 pages long, but it really needs to be revised in a way that is more accessible, I guess. And just with all the other things I've got going on right now, it's really hard to sit down and revisit these old plans and revise this document when you know, I've got other deadlines i got to meet. So what I'm going to try to do is approach it uh, chapter by chapter now so that I can get segments done and out to people a lot faster instead of trying to just do it all in one giant document. Mm -hmm. But again, that is completely contingent upon you know, what I've got going on with my paying work and my real life stuff. So I, I am going to finish it. It will be put out there. It's just it's taking a lot longer than I ever thought it would. Okay, so uh, don't give up hope, Anna. It's coming. Uh, and now we will get into uh, Worlds Unite. Um, we, we were People didn't ask that many questions about Worlds Unite. That's why we uh, spent some, so, so much time asking stuff about other... Uh, other uh, issues um, so next week we'll see the release of the first issue right of the World's United so, yeah. uh, which is nice um, how do you feel working uh, in you're, you're the head writer for the uh, Mega Man comics as well right that's right and uh, now you get the chance to do this crossover again like you did with Worlds Collide um, mm -hmm. how do you feel about that is it is it that much different from uh, working on both series separately? Yes, it really is. Um, with Worlds Collide, the previous crossover, it was that kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I never thought that was going to happen. <laughs> and it's like, oh, hey, we get to play with all the toys now. I This is the kind of fanfic-tier writing that you never think you're going to get to do legitimately. <laughs> And it's like, okay, I'm going to try not to completely fanboy out and try and actually tell a story. And World's Collide was absolutely delightful. Loved it, start to finish. So then, you know, I get the word that we're going to do a sequel crossover with Worlds Unite. And it's like, okay, I did everything I really could do the first time. What do we do for a sequel? <laughs> and it's like, we got to make it bigger. All right, so we now have access to Mega Man X, and now there's Sonic Boom, and 
there's all these other properties that we're going to you know toss in there just because. And I was like, all right, how do I make this even remotely coherent? And <laughs> it really was a much larger undertaking, and I think it hinges more on the spectacle than, I guess, the narrative, we'll say. But it's one of those things where it's, again, another once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because it isn't just Sonic and Mega Man. We've got, what is it, like, ten properties all in one go, and it's just monstrous. And the artwork is just absolutely phenomenal. I love Dan's stuff for part one. It's so pretty. And some of the stuff that I've seen for the third act by Tyson Hesse is just jaw-dropping. And it's really one of those things that you're going to be kind of just staring at the pages going, there's all this stuff on the page! (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a big party. It's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like it. it I forgot what the original question was. (laughs) Uh, No, it's it's okay, yeah. That's actually uh, kind of the the question was, was actually that. How does it feel to work on that? So I, I, I can I can tell you you're excited. Um, I asked you before how much research you had to do in order not to mess up the the storylines and stuff. Um, I imagine that with this uh, new crossover, it, it gets harder because you have, like you said, oh. like ten different IPs. Um, yeah. Was well, it was it harder to? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I just World Unite, I think, really pushed me to the limit because what I with Sonic, yeah, I grew up with that. I knew it back to front, inside out. That I could just throw myself into. When we got Mega Man, I was familiar with it, but I knew that I was missing some stuff. So I threw myself into you know full gameplay videos, wikis. I made myself a me- the ultimate Mega Man fan dove into it and, you know, found a new appreciation more than what I already had. With Worlds Unite, there's a number of franchises that I am familiar with, others that I only knew in passing, so there was a ton of research to do, because I didn't want this to be, you know, here's the, let's, uh, let's say Okami, just to pick one of the random franchises. Yeah, I never got a chance to play Okami, but I knew of it. I didn't want Okami's include, uh, Amaratsu's inclusion in the series to be, oh, there's the sun dog. Look at it, do its thing. Okay, we're done. I want fans of the Okami series to see, you know, little elements in the crossover and go, oh, they remembered that there's this, or they actually included that. Um, there's a number of sight gags from Street Fighter in there that I didn't want it just to be, and here is Ryu to be the, stock cameo. He throws a Hadouken and leaves. I want people who are fans of Street Fighter to read this and go oh, they included that and they remembered that and there's that little bit of nuance and you know they had fun with that. I want this to, like, the Worlds Collide crossover was supposed to be a giant love letter to Sonic and Mega Man in general. I wanted all the fans to just have little bits of in-jokes and a lot of fun with it. So with Worlds Unite when we have so many franchises I wanted there to be at least one thing for, you know, all the fans to enjoy at one point. That one in-joke where, you know, maybe not everyone gets it, but that one fan can go, oh, they remember 
me and my love for the series. Let me explain to you why this is funny or why this is cool. And just make it a big celebration of all these different franchises in one go. And that's really hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how much, how much time of preparing for that did it take? Jeez. Oh, I mean, if you, you know, just took all the concentrated hours of research, I probably spent a solid week start to finish just, you know, watching gameplay videos and reading wikis and compiling notes. I mean, I've got, I think each franchise has two pages of notes individually. You know, who is this character? What is their quirk? What is their signature move? What can you do with it? What's, you know, fun? And then it's not just, you know, here's the cameo appearance. There, It all ties into, you know, the greater plot and what Sigma is doing. There's a huge sequence in the third act where we introduce all the new properties And it isn't just, you know, they're fighting random mooks. I specifically picked each one of their opponents to be some kind of nod to the franchise or some kind of in-joke so that it wasn't just, you know, oh, they're tearing through the legions. It's There's more to it there. Yeah, that's, that sounds both amazing and pretty hard. So. Well done, sir. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure everyone will enjoy reading these new uh, issues. Um, yep. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, at times there were characters like uh, Phoenix Wright who were considered, but unfortunately, like, due to certain matters, they weren't able to be included, right? Right. Uh, Phoenix Wright, I wanted to include as uh, more of a gag cameo because he's not really a combatant. And unfortunately, something was lost in translation somewhere. And Capcom said, you know, Phoenix Wright isn't a fighter. He shouldn't be part of this giant pan galactic war. So fell back on you know another suggestion and we that's how we got beautiful joe in the mix so, oh well then yeah <laughs> so rtx <laughs> is pretty happy about not having phoenix right i'm sure right Don't and it. for the beautiful joe fans who are angry at the thought that he may not have made the cut keep in mind he's only had the two games and phoenix it is a much more prompty so that's why phoenix was getting the look first But in the end, I'm kind of glad that he got to sit on the sidelines and we got the beautiful Joe in there because his sequence is absolutely hilarious. Awesome. Uh, and it, it kind of fits the the, the whole comics uh, thing, right? Beautiful Joe, comics, yeah. I think it, it fits. Yeah. Uh, so we can say when you suggested Phoenix Wright, Capcom said, Objection. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you had you went there, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just play the this thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know what? You know what? You know what, Casey? This is the only thing I have to say to you about that joke is hold it. <laughs> once, again, once again. Once again. Once uh, <laughs> again. Uh, yes. Yes. Let's let's not uh, speak of this again. Uh, <laughs> Bry Warren uh, asks, will all Mega Man 1 and 2 Robot Masters be in Worlds Unite? I think they asked me that on Twitter. Um, just wait and see. There's a lot of Robot Masters that show up. Well done. Uh, hmm. We had a couple more. Oh, uh, a winner was you. Said, were there any characters you wanted to see in the story but couldn't include? Well, we just talked about one. 
Phoenix Wright. Any, yeah, anyone? Uh, Phoenix yeah. Wright I would have liked to have seen. I don't know how I would have made it work, but it would have been fun to have Echo the Dolphin in there. Mm, be amazing. Um, uh, one of the characters, one of the franchises I had as a kind of backup if somebody got rejected was Vector Man, just so I could make a kind of Mega Man comparison joke. But, um... <laughs> No, going in, honestly, I pretty much got everything I wanted out of this whole thing. So, no regrets. No regrets. We'll just see how it goes next year. Uh, with the worlds, I don't know. Uh, I, I have no clue what world we could include in the in next, in an upcoming crossover. But I don't know. We'll see. World Unite Streets of Rage harder. Uh. <laughs> World, worlds and Knuckles. I think that's always nice. Uh, anyway, we have uh, one more question um, before we ha do a quick, quick music break and we'll uh, come back with the surprise we have for you. Uh, the question is uh, by Twini Are there any other video game series you'd like to adapt into a comic series? All the video game series. <laughs> Give them to uh, me. Some, some would work better than others, obviously, but pretty much if it has a storyline, even just various thread of one I would love to explore it and make it happen I'd love to make you know the Star Fox uh, storyline make a little more sense I'd love to do a graphic version of Skies of Arcadia I would love to do a Kirby book a Mario book a Legend of Zelda book M Metroid would be phenomenal it would be difficult but it would be a really interesting way to approach the character and yeah I, I could pretty much dive into anything So maybe one day we'll see a few of those happening. Who knows? Who knows? Fingers crossed. Yeah. So actually speaking, actually speaking of Streets of Rage earlier, what did happen with that? Like how? Um, like how did Streets of Rage? Did, I don't think Streets of Rage actually got in, did it? Correctly if I'm wrong. Like, no, it's not part of the. Well, not It's not part of the crossover. Oh. Oh, was it actually proposed by Capcom or? No, it wasn't on the list. For Sega, rather, I don't even know anymore. Apparently, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm too, I'm no, too, I'm just as confused now. <laughs> I think Streets of Rage might have been kind of on the line of potentially not all ages friendly. Like, I at one point I considered. Uh, maybe a couple characters from Darkstalkers because they are such big, bright characters. But Darkstalkers kind of walks that line of being not all ages friendly. And it may not... It, we could have made it work, maybe, but then it would have been, you know, maybe a disservice to the franchise. So it was better to go for ones that would better fit you know, a series that has Sonic and Mega Man and all that. I mean, I would love to include Dead Rising in some way, because Frank West is the best character ever, but <laughs> it, Dead Rising is not a franchise that is going to fit everywhere, you know? We can't really do Resident yeah. Evil Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, mm, Wesker's <laughs> a bit too creepy. So, and some franchises just don't so, so it was a mix between it being too mature and too unfitting, basically. Yeah. That's understandable. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, we'll just take a quick music break. We'll play one of the tracks that uh, you requested, Ian. Uh, what I'm made of from Sonic Heroes. And uh, when we get back, we have a surprise for you. So, uh, when we get back, this is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. To the Sega Lounge with SSF 1991 Donnie. and KC 
only on Radio Sega. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Tonight we're joined by Ian Flynn. Hello again, Ian. Nice to have you Hello. on the show. So we just played uh, What I'm Made Of from Sonic Heroes, requested by, by Ian. And um, we now have a surprise for Ian. Actually, before that, before uh, just a quick question. Um, nah, I'll ask this after the, the surprise, actually. Uh, because I think it's, it suits more than... It suits the, the end of the show better than, than now. Uh, so, you know, uh, Ian, when, when we have guests on the show, uh, we actually have a, a surprise for everyone. We never tell anyone, but uh, we have something called the Sega Lounge Challenge. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, and, uh, Are you asking for a challenge? <laughs> and, you know... Uh, somebody who's seen Hunter Runner, so that joke actually makes sense. <laughs> I need to stop doing that. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> When we were off air, uh, I asked you if you liked Jeopardy, and you, you mm. said yes. So um, we have something that I think you'll love. But before that, although you can't listen to what uh, what music we're playing, um, we'll just play the Sega Lounge Challenge intro, because you know the Sega Lounge Challenge intro is uh, a really scary thing we have. And when you listen to the podcast, you'll probably get scared. But uh, let's let's take a listen to the Sega Lounge Challenge intro. Let's pause the music and just play this. Now you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, Welcome to your doom. I mean. Welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. Indeed. So, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge, Ian. And uh, tonight we have something that you'll probably love because let's just play the music. It's the return of Sega Jeopardy! Yay? No. Oh boy. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Uh, so this is how it's gonna work. Um, we have uh, a few categories for you to pick from, and uh, uh, we have questions, or in this case, we have answers. You have to give us the, the questions, right? Because it's Jeopardy. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's all always all confusing, right. but yeah, uh, that's yeah, it's how yeah, yes, Casey. That's kind of the whole point of the game is to answer, right? <laughs> to make the. I don't even know anymore. Uh, you have to frame your answers in the form of a question. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, Donnie, would you like to share... Uh, maybe we'll just share the first five categories with Ian. The first five? Which one? From left to right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Usually, that's how it works, you know. Because you didn't really acknowledge it. <laughs> uh, let's see. The first five categories are... Sega consoles, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sega characters, Sega arcade games, Sega developing teams. I do believe that's five. It's hard to see with the way Casey has it set up, but yeah. <laughs> but I do believe that was five. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Okay, I'll take uh, Sonic the Hedgehog for five hundred, Alex. 
<laughs> right, so this character was first seen in Sonic Adventure and spends most of his days hanging out with Big the Cat. What the hell was this Who is accent? Froggy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and you're correct! <laughs> I don't even have a proper response for that. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, you can now pick from uh, Sega consoles, uh, Sega characters, Sega arcade games, or Sega developing teams. Oh, we'll go Sega consoles. Uh, okay. Uh, these are too easy, especially this one. But I'll, I'll just let's let's just say this one. Uh, this handheld system, released in North America in 1995, allowed players to use Genesis game cartridges. <laughs> <laughs> what is ultimately a waste of money? I mean, what is the Nomad? <laughs> <laughs> Correct! <laughs> what is the thing that made me not uh, buy a Saturn? Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, Casey. Considering Ian kind of answered some of these questions through, well, questioned some of these answers earlier on, I think it was pretty obvious that he was probably going to get a lot of these right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. So I think we'll we'll need to mix things up and uh, just go with. Uh... So we have uh, five more categories: Genesis games, Saturn games, Dreamcast games, Master System games, and Sega music. So Genesis, Saturn, Dreamcast, Master System, and Sega. Let, let's cha let's challenge me. Let's go with uh, Saturn games. Okay, so Donnie, would you like to uh, ask the or tell the answer, the one in white? Oh, okay. So this classic Saturn game lets you fly around in Nightopia. A Christmas-themed version of the game was also released. What is Nights in the Dreams? Are you sure? Is that your final, yes. is that your final question? <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. Yes. Obviously. Who uh, wants to be a Jeopardy? Who wants to be a Jeopardy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Genesis games, Dreamcast games, Master System games, and Sega Music. We'll go Dreamcast games. Okay. Uh, in this Dreamcast classic, a young man sees his father being brutally murdered and seeks out revenge. What is Shenmue? This man knows his stuff. Indeed, that's correct. I bought too many virtual potato chips to buy virtual Sonic the Fighter figurines. <laughs> Oh, full of potato chips. Why couldn't you eat the potato chips? <laughs> uh, 100 yen each. 100 yen each. Uh, yes. Uh... So, it's like why I nearly missed the third part of the game because I kept feeding the stupid cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. The memories. Okay, so uh, one final question. So let's see. Let's see, let's let's handpick the, the categories. Post Deep Dreamcast Sega games, Sega Music, Master System games, or Genesis games. Mm, let's go Genesis games. 
question in this game. Okay, so Johnny, pick one. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> in this 1992 game, I was born in 1992, so of course I picked this one, but in this 1992 game, the Earth is being invaded by an alien foe, and it's up to this hero to save his pod and the planet. Genesis games, not Master System. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I'm very glad I rephrased that question just a bit before we got to this challenge. Because <laughs> it would have given away the answer, the question before we... <laughs> it's not Fantasy Zone, because that was Master System. I don't know. Uh, pick one. Pick one. Or, or pick is one. that is that your answer? <laughs> yeah, I, I give up. I don't know. You got me. Uh, yeah, that would actually make for a, a great a game title. Dang, Nagy, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you give up? Yes. What what is the Donny, what question? what is the, the correct question? Well, it was what is Echo the Dolphin? Indeed. Oh wrong pod. Dead yes. blame it. <laughs> <laughs> Go sarn it <laughs> Another great game. Uh, coming soon to oh, the Sega Dreamcast. I, I I bow my head in shame. <laughs> so uh that was that was great nonetheless because uh, you got everything almost everything right so uh, nicely done nicely done thank you thank you I expect the check to be in the mail by the end of the week indeed indeed uh, so we'll get back to you on that so bye now uh, <laughs> 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 um, thanks for listening to the Sega Lounge <laughs> uh, yeah thanks for listening to Radio Sega we'll be back one day uh, uh, anyway anyway so <laughs> One thing I'd like to mention, uh, really quickly, uh, you have a Patreon project going on right now, Raiders of the I Abyss, right? So would you like to promote that a bit? Yes, yes I would. Um, back in, I believe it was October last year, I put up a poll on BumbleKing.com asking folks which story they would like me to produce. Uh, one was more of a medieval setting, one was a sci-fi setting. And going off of that feedback, I launched Raiders of the Abyss last month. What it is, is a sci-fi story where the patrons get to decide how the story proceeds. The first chapter is up for free. That's patreon.com backslash Ian Flynn BKC. I've got links for it everywhere in my Twitter and on my website. And it's... Um, what you do is you contribute as little as $5 a month or more. I like you even more, but you know, every <laughs> little bit helps. And every uh, everyone who donates gets a vote on how the lead character will make certain decisions as the story goes forward. Uh, in the opening chapter, which again, is free for everyone to read, um, the main character is faced with a choice of which way her faction should go in an upcoming war. Do they join one side? Do they join another side? Or do they decide to go off on their own and kind of pirate, uh, pirate and pillage during all the chaos? 
and that decision will radically change how the story proceeds from there. So it's not too late to join up and decide how the first chapter will go on. I'm working on a preview for the next chapter, kind of show folks how things will proceed from there. And uh, yeah, it's it's just started, so there's still a lot of time for folks to jump on and have an influence on where the story goes. And really, if you ever wanted to tell me how you want me to write something, this is the closest you're ever going to get. <laughs> so if you want to get all those Adventures of Sonic Hedgehog characters somewhere, this is the place! <laughs> Maybe not, maybe not. Um, so yeah, writers, uh, Raiders of the Abyss, um, it's an interesting story. Uh, do you have like a, a, a plan for all the, the possible outcomes when you ask people oh, yeah. what should I've, I do? I've mapped out each <clears throat> plotline roughly. I mean, I can't commit to everything just yet because people will be you know, picking where it goes, so I can't you know, have everything nailed down. But if they choose, you know, option A, I know how things are going to go that way at first. Mm -hmm. Option B, same there. Option C, same there. And, you know, what chapters and what stories will be in that general direction. And then how the patrons uh, vote and contribute will determine, you know, how well these storylines go for the cast. Whether they, you know, triumph over everything or they die horribly. You know, who stays loyal, who doesn't. It really is, you know, there's tons of options to be had here. Awesome. Sounds really interesting. So get on that. If you're listening to the podcast version of this show, uh, you'll find a link to the to Ian's Patreon project uh, in the description. So check that out. And um, and yeah, so I think we'll, we're almost done. Before we, we go, just uh, let me <clears throat> remind you of what uh, shows we still have on Radio Sega this week so don't forget to in about uh, two and a half hours roughly uh, don't forget to tune in to RSN Live with Voice so uh, that's uh, the closest show to our own tomorrow 9pm BST uh, Rexy is back with Sega Mixer Drive this Saturday at 10pm BST we'll have a Saturday Night Sega with Gavi and um, uh, this Sunday sees the return of Andy with his Radio Sega Sunday Funday show. I'll be back on Monday with uh, Radio Sega Top 40 Countdown at 8pm BST as well. So uh, that's all good. That's all uh, some Radio Sega fun for you guys. And uh, next week we'll be back in a pre-recorded form. Uh, so uh, our guest next week is Daniel Hunt aka Dex La Cabra Ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, admin of nightsintodreams.com not ch uh, Chupacabra not La Chupacabra but Dex La Cabra uh, <laughs> I don't know why just, that's just the third thing that came to my mind <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, we'll also be joined by DJ Ear who will uh, come on the show to talk about uh, the sound of the Sonic Stadium uh, 2015 album so uh, if you enjoyed the last time DJ Ear was on the show Mr. America uh, you'll probably enjoy uh, <laughs> our chat with the guy next week as well uh, Ian, any final uh, messages you'd like to, to uh, send to your fans actually, before that I have a question from Andy 
What would you say to young aspiring writers that would love to start a career being a comic book writer? Um, read a lot. Write a lot every day. Even if it's garbage that you end up deleting later, you need to keep your mind fresh. You need to keep those mental muscles flexed and toned. And don't give up. It's extremely difficult to break into the business, especially if it's a particular title you want to work on. Perseverance, obstinance, and be open to critique. Be ready to, you know, change your grand vision for something that is not exactly what you wanted, but is possibly a better story for it. It's it's not a very easy gig for your ego, but <laughs> in the end, it's one of the more creatively rewarding jobs out there awesome so that's some good advice right there um, and uh, how can people find you apart from the Patreon project uh, my website is bumbleking.com that's bumble like the bee king like the monarch <laughs> uh, twitter is Ian Flynn BKC and from there you can pretty much stalk me anytime you want So go stalk Ian and uh, send him send him some uh, hate mail or something because you know oh everyone please, loves I that. love hate mail everyone loves it that. makes me so happy <laughs> Ian thank you so much for joining us for tonight's the Seg Lounge um, you've Thanks, been an Brad. amazing guest anytime you want to come back on the show let us know we'll be happy uh, actually good. let's just uh, make a date for next year same time roughly the same time to talk about uh, Worlds and Knuckles uh, the upcoming crossover <laughs> <That's really laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know when, when you see Worlds and Knuckles on comic stores you'll just remember oh that guy on Radio Sega he called it yeah I know uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you, you really you, you would buy a Worlds and Knuckles though wouldn't you I would I would and Knuckles uh, Worlds and Knuckles <laughs> and Knuckles um, so yeah that's it for tonight's The Sega Lounge thank you so much uh, to all who tuned in uh, and who contributed with your uh, questions for Ian we'll be back next week with more with Dex La Cabra Uh, and DJ Ear will leave you with uh, the final song that uh, Ian requested playing right now from Sonic and the Black Knight with me I've been KC he's been Donnie and our guest has been the amazing Ian Flynn bye bye thank you every world will have its end I'm here to prove it all
Thanks for listening to The Sega Lounge. The show will be available in podcast form shortly. Download it from RadioSega.net, the iTunes Store, or stream it on Stitcher. Join us again next week for another episode of The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.